Looking at the history of secular Christmas, we have two major historical movements that bring us the holiday as we know it today. One happens right in America in the early 1900s in New York. This is where Clement Clark Moore lived. He and others saw a lack of spirit in their town, and through mixing together all sorts of characters from many different traditions, gave birth to Santa Claus as we know him today. Moore wrote what became known as Twas the Night Before Christmas. The second happened in England in the century before, culminating with Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Dickens, as well as many others, saw stuck-up culture and a consciousness of a deeper spirit being needed. All traditions were renewed and the Christmas tree gained popularity. I think we hear too much about the war on Christmas and not enough about the covertness of Christmas itself. How it was created and recreated to fight dullness and depression and sadness. And although certainly so many would argue Christmas has become all about materialism and all that, to me, at its heart, it's still about practicing the Christ spirit, charity, goodwill, forgiveness, and love. Even if it costs us an arm and a leg, Christmas is still a time of rebirth into a greater consciousness of what life and we ourselves are here for. It's sacred time. And to me, Dickens' character of Scrooge is one of the most important and powerful characters in literature. Why? Because he's all of us. He represents the birth of the Christmas spirit. I find it funny that we speak of Scrooge as a kind of grumpy villain, when in truth, he's a hero. We are more apt to talk about him before his rebirth, which I guess I get, but it's kind of like talking about Luke Skywalker before he was a Jedi. That being said, we can find ourselves in both Scrooge the villain, and we can in Scrooge the hero. To edge his way along the crowded paths of life, warning all human sympathy to keep its distance. This is just one of the brief portraits we are given of Scrooge and Charles Dickens at Christmas Carol. And right now, with it being the Christmas season, are you edging your way along the crowded paths of life, annoyed with all the holiday hustle and bustle? Are you warning all human sympathy to keep its distance? You may be suffering from early stages of Scrooge syndrome if you can say yes to having done any of the following things. Cursed the store for playing Christmas music already? Looked away from the little guy outside the store with his Salvation Army basket? Wished you could be doing anything else than bringing out the Christmas decorations? Concern yourself with finding out what people want for Christmas so that you don't have to think about what you might want to get them? Have no idea what you want for Christmas? Wonder what people are so happy about? If you've done any of these, you may be suffering from Scrooge Syndrome. A central interaction in the Christmas Carol is when Scrooge comes into contact with a Christmas lover, mad for the season. Perhaps you have had or tried to avoid some of these interactions this year. A man in a silly sweater, a friend with Wham's last Christmas seemingly on repeat in their car, the neighbor who put his lights up just after Halloween. In this interaction, the Christmas zombie, to Scrooge anyways, is his nephew. A Merry Christmas, Uncle! God save you! cried a cheerful voice. It was the voice of Scrooge's nephew. Bah! said Scrooge. Humbug! Christmas a humbug, Uncle? said Scrooge's nephew. You don't mean that, I'm sure. I do, said Scrooge. Merry Christmas! What right have you to be merry? What reason have you to be merry? You're poor enough. Come then, returned the nephew gaily. What right have you to be dismal? What reason have you to be morose? You're rich enough. When you're Scrooge, you ask questions like, Why should I be happy? Why should that person be happy? What right do these people have to be merry? Haven't you been watching the news? What's the matter with you? There are so many reasons to be miserable. The better question is certainly Scrooge's nephew. Who am I to be unhappy? Why waste my time on anything else? I breathe, I am, I'm alive. Glorious, glorious life.
The Scrooge is always looking for a reason not to. The one who celebrates always has a reason to do. So who is crazier? Scrooge or the nephew? You or the Christmas mad person? Scrooge for Dickens wasn't an imaginary character. He was drawn from his own father. Dickens grew up wealthy, his dad fully focused on such things, until he was arrested for illegally gaining wealth. Dickens' father was sent to jail and little Charles was sent to an orphanage. His little world turned upside down. In the orphanage, he experienced the pain and sorrow of his own and others' poverty, but also saw the light of human nature come through the poor people he met. What right have they to be merry? What right have I to be dismal? Scrooge is Dickens' father, and Scrooge's conversion is who he knew his father could have been. Having the Scrooge syndrome over Christmas mania may just mean you're crazy about something else, most especially money and profit. Life is about how much money you have and making choices that help you have more. One of the things that having money as your only priority does is it causes you to forget your past and stop thinking about the future in terms of anything else but a profit center. They become meaningless. This is what happens to Scrooge. Scrooge cares nothing for his past. He cares nothing for who he used to be and thinking about who he will become is a waste of time. He is in denial. Don't be cross, uncle, said the nephew. What else can I be, returned the uncle, when I live in such a world of fools as this? Merry Christmas, out upon Merry Christmas. What's Christmas time to you but a time for paying bills without money, a time for finding yourself a year older but not an hour richer? If I could work my will, every idiot who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips should be boiled in his own pudding and buried with a stake of holly through his heart. He should. You've got to admire a guy like that a little, no? But why is Christmas time the hardest time for Scrooge? It's driving him and maybe you a little crazy. Why? Why not just ignore it all? Because it's sacred time. It's a primordial time. The past returns. Traditions continue. We revisit ourselves from where we've been before. Everywhere the season beckons us to honor the preciousness and fragility of life. So Scrooge's rage is not just a result of a mix-up of priorities, but a denial of his own inner truths, his own avoidance of his own mortality. Uncle, pleaded the nephew. Nephew, returned the uncle sternly. Keep Christmas in your own way and let me keep it in mine. Keep it, repeated Scrooge's nephew, but you don't keep it. Leave me alone, then, said Scrooge. Much good may it do you. Much good it has ever done you. There are many things from which I might have derived good, but which I have not profited, I dare say, returned the nephew. Christmas among the rest. But I am sure I have always thought of Christmas time when it has come round, apart from the veneration due to its sacred name and origin, if anything belonging to it can be apart from that, as a good time, a kind, forgiving, charitable, pleasant time, the only time I know of, in the long calendar of the year, when men and women seem by one consent to open their shut-up hearts freely, and to think of people below them as if they were fellow passengers to the grave, and not another race of creature bound on other journeys, and there, uncle, though it has never put a scrap of gold or silver in my pocket, I believe it has done me good, and will do me good, and I say, God bless it. How does one become reborn in the Christmas spirit? It has something to do with this thing we call time, but it's much deeper than that. For time is not just a word for the fleeting and passing, nor to point out what is done and what appears to be and what is to come. Time is a way of knowing and understanding. The deeper one dwells in the present, with the present as priority. 
the more profoundly a spirit of peace and love emerge, which if properly understood in a way that understanding can glimpse but never fully acquire, one could awaken from that consciousness of the asshole to that of the heart, and thus rebirth can occur. If I'm wrong, then may I boil in my own pudding.